A large stretch of desert, lights in the sky, small gray men. The government has always conducted top secret research, but what lies beyond those ominous gates in Nevada? Is it run-of-the-mill military testing, or are they hiding something more sinister? This week's topic is Area 51. In the night, your heart fills with dread Probably a murderer who wants you dead It could be a ghost, a demon, or worse Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse It's hopeless, you're doomed You'd call a priest if you could You'd rather just listen to who? Sinisterhood Oh my gosh! Uh, what a what a week! What a week! I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Uh, just well, we all are if we're being honest with ourselves. On the long enough timeline, yeah, we're all dying. I'm gonna close the deal that was in the news. Not really. Like the only if you care about the company. <laughs> That's the important thing that That's happened this week. <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, this week was uh, very significant for the podcast. I'm sure if you listen, you know, and if not, maybe that's why you're here. Uh, we were featured on My Favorite Karen Kilgariff, and then our download numbers kind of spiked, and mm-hmm. we ended up in the iTunes Top 10 Comedy Podcast and the Top 100 Overall Podcasts of all of iTunes, and uh, pretty crazy stuff. So thank you so much for tuning in. Yes, uh, I sobbed for hours straight, if I'm being honest. <laughs> for all of your enemies who've always wanted to make you cry, not that way. They probably don't want that. Well, I cry very easily because oh my God, same. I'm a very emotional person. And once you have a baby, something happens inside of you to where you can cry about anything and everything. <laughs> um, Is so- it also true if you make baby sounds that your boobs spill out? Yeah, milk? yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not breastfeeding, but... When you are breastfeeding, if you hear a baby cry, your boobs will start leaking because it's your body's way. I heard that on The Office. I didn't think that was no, true. No, it's totally true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When Kevin starts just she's crying like, at Pam's wah. tits. He's like, she's like, please stop, Kevin. And then she's like, we got to get home. Because she starts <laughs> it leaking. Happens. It totally happens. Um, but uh, so any kind of news like that where I'm just like overwhelmed with happy emotion and joy tears will spring from my eyes uncontrolled tears on out of my on the sides of my eyes yeah i was at work and just kept getting alerts on my phone and i just had to work until uh like two o'clock in the morning (laughs) multiple days in a row i was very tired to try to close a deal on that we closed on friday um and it was a very good motivator to keep me going through the week yes. because I was sometimes you just want to give up and go to sleep and I was like nay nay but there are people who nay, want nay. to hear this podcast I uh I teach at DCH on Wednesdays so I had my class that night and then I had to go next door to try and get keys to the training center cuz mine were in the car and I walked in <laughs> responsible and um I walked in and a lot of our friends were there and there was a lot of people in the bar area and Ray Maddox just looks at me and made eye contact and then just starts clapping. And then everyone else looked <laughs> no. at me and they, everyone started <laughs> applauding and it turned into this thunderous applause and everyone hooting and hollering. And I almost started crying again. DCH is our cheers bar. Yes. I yes. feel like everyone knows our name and it's Well, of course they do. We're there all the time. Yeah. I never leave. But, but then everyone was like, speech, speech. No. And then I just go, does anybody have keys to the training center? <laughs> <laughs> Very good speech. 
Uh, shout out if you guys have listened to the Winchester Mystery Mansion episode with Scriven Bernard because I ran into him and he was like, "Oh my god, I'm going to be famous." Yeah, and well, like, you for are. many reasons he will. He be will famous. be famous for many. Reasons. Least of 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 them would be us. Our, knowing yeah. us. <laughs> yeah, we have nothing to do. with No, that. no, no, he's no, no. fabulous and amazing on his own. He's but seriously, thank you to everyone that's. Uh, shared the Dallas Observer article that came out today or just personally messaged us or the Sinisterhood Instagram or anything. We've gotten so many supportive, awesome messages, and it really has made this week. My daughter's birthday party is Saturday. I'm going to say that's the best thing to happen this week. There you go. This is right underneath it, though. <laughs> Step two. I put a ho- an offer on a house today. Yeah. you've. So, we've had a lot going on. It's been a week. It's we don't sleep. Um, I'm almost finished with my unicorn ornaments. Oh, if my you, God. If, you're still going? Still doing these ornaments. Good God. Yeah, we text each other deep into the night. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh, man. And we've also, this whole week, been uh, going down some rabbit holes for today's oh, my episode. God. I was watching. It's like, because I listen to audiobooks to get, like, to quote my ADHD as I work so I work on I can work on like drafting or editing a document with like kind of a noise in the background so I usually listen to a book or whatever and I was like I'm gonna listen to some Bill Cooper audio (laughs) if you listen to the JFK episode he's the one that thinks they shot JFK with a shellfish laden poison he is a gem (laughs) he's he wrote uh, or was he's passed away rest in peace he wrote behold a pale horse and he's like a master conspiracy theorist Boy, that was something to listen to. And then the video just looks like a weird, grainy video. And people, like, one of my coworkers just whips in always and comes around my desk. And he's like, what were you looking at? Is this like, your favorite one? Yeah, my favorite coworker. Who, uh, <laughs> but he always likes to whip around. He goes, you were texting. I was like, get out of my office. So we're talking about Area 51 today. Oh, my goodness. So what is Area 51? And there's a lot... That has gone on and uh, supposedly goes on in Area 51. We're going to primarily be talking about the UFO and alien yeah, man, conspiracy I stuff accidentally, that goes on there. I watched a documentary uh, and it was like, Secrets of Area 51. And it starts out very promising and there's a guy in a Cessna aircraft and he's flying towards the strip of of land in the desert and it's like amateur aircraft and former marine operator you know bob whatever is going through the, the desert and he's gonna fly over area 51 and the whole thing was about airplanes yeah no well, that's what goes on there a lot which is fine and i like airplanes i've taken a flying lesson i like to go to flight museums i was uh i went to the uh, boeing museum in seattle it was fantastic mm. i sat under an sr-71 uh, which is a spy plane. It was yeah. really fascinating. Uh, but, like, I'm trying to talk about aliens, yeah. man. I'm not when trying to talk about... When you hear Area 51, few people think airplanes. Most I'm trying people to, think aliens. I'm trying to think of that scene in Independence Day when that oh, Brent yeah. Spiner guy from Star Trek gets his ass beat by the alien mm-hmm. in the room, and then he yelled at the TSA when I saw him at the airport. Such a good movie. Oh, he's a bad person in real life. <laughs> well, not a bad person, but he screamed at Wait, the TSA. Wait, he yelled... You saw him at the airport? I saw Brent Spiner trying to... On a Sunday afternoon, which there was no line... Wanted to go to TSA pre-check, and they didn't have it open because the line was so short. And he was like, this is an abomination. Have you seen Independence Day? <laughs> you know I am Data from <laughs> Star Trek. I am in town. He was in town for uh, Dallas Fan Days. He was oh. so mad. And his, I think the lady that was with his wife or who was just like, oh, God. So embarrassed. Yeah. So Even, that's. I think it's a very good testimony of someone's true character when they hit stardom. 
do you act like a dick to people you don't need to be a dick to? Yeah. Or are you still cool and courteous? Just fucking be nice to the like Johnny workers. Depp. Johnny Depp is known as being like the nicest oh, celebrity. Really? And he... Unless you're married to him and then he'll punch yeah, you in the face. That's true. He is a uh, but, raging alcoholic. <laughs> he's been, just, been abusive. Beat his wife still. But to these he, fans, he's he great. ruined Harry Potter and the Crimes of Grindelwald with his terrible acting. Oh, I haven't seen that we'll one. We'll talk about it. I'll talk about it in a minute. I know. So. <laughs> you have a lot of hot takes. Ooh, I also want to... Side note, this doesn't matter to anybody that doesn't live in Dallas. I wanted to know if you'd seen that Potter, pot, what are oh, those Potter. Oh, Potted Potter. Yeah. No, I have not. It's supposed to be really funny. It's a we, funny, it tours all over. I saw ads for it in Philadelphia. Well. Oh, okay. So it's not just Dallas. It's just in Dallas right now. Well, we should go. Because as we all know, I recently took my Pottermore quiz. Yes. And discovered that my house is Hufflepuff. Which I think is accurate. And you're also you have some Gryffindor characteristics. Yeah. But you're you're a grinder man. I uh decide I told Tommy because Target has like this whole Harry Potter line, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Do you want those Hufflepuff pajama pants?" I was like, "Yes, I do," because I'm, I am. Imb- I'm really gonna like start embracing <laughs> my Hufflepuffness. I'm telling you, Newt Scamander's a Hufflepuff. You're in good company. And he thought that uh, be the Aaron or what's her name Beasley? What's her first name? Not uh, Pam Beasley. The, uh, the Weasley. Jenny. Weasley. Jenny Weasley. No, was she's she a Gryffindor. Okay. He was like, wasn't she one? I no, she's a Gryffindor. She yeah. Um, As am I. Yeah. Unsurprisingly. You're, what are the, their characteristics? They're like uh, loyal and brave and uh, not afraid of uh, just kind of running headlong into things without thinking and like thinks of their heart and will do anything to like save other people. That's you. Well, and you know. Hufflepuff is, they value friendships yeah. and loyalty and uh, hard work and not afraid to like dig in and do the hard work. But can't they also be like if you cross them? something i've heard that oh. maybe okay maybe i'm wrong maybe that's, this is just my interpretation <laughs> that's just your personality yeah probably well everybody send us a tweet or a instagram message of what your yes house oh, is. i love that i would love that so let's get into this uh area 51 so what is area 51 area 51 located in the southern part of nevada about 83 miles north northwest of las vegas shout out i'm about to go there yeah you should i know i was like if it wasn't so far you should totally go is a highly classified remote detachment of edwards air force base within the nevada test and training range according to the cia the correct names for the facility are Homie Airport and Groom Lake. Homie Airport sounds so cozy. I know. Very few call it that. But, of course, they want you to call it Homie. Yeah. Who, who can get mad at Homie Airport? Who can think anything bad goes on at Homie Airport? We had a crash at Homie Airport. Oh, I hope oh, they're okay. Yeah. The origin of how this area came to be known as Area 51 appears to be unknown. I'm going to throw in, as we go through this outline, because my brain is full of Bill Cooperisms, <laughs> I'll throw in some Bill Cooperisms. He claims that it was the name of a quadrant on a nuclear commission test uh, map. Like, a, um, when yeah. they were choosing the area, they wanted something flat and hard-packed and clay. And that's also in the National Geographic uh, boring-ass airplane documentary. They were like, they just wanted a place that they didn't have to pave. And that was uh, pre-determined. They had, like, From the 50. Atomic Energy Commission grid? Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So some say it is from that, just the Atomic Energy Commission grid. Some claimed it was used in a CIA document during the Vietnam War. Probably. However it came to be, it definitely sounds more sinister and mysterious than Homie Airport. Yeah. We had a crash at Area 51. Yeah. We have to get there. Yeah. The area surrounding Groom Lake 
is permanently off limits to civilian and military air traffic. Even military pilots training in the Nevada Test and Training Range are subject to disciplinary action if they fly into the box surrounding groom's airspace. So if you've ever looked at an aviation map, which just also shout out to my former boss, Tim, who now is listening to the show. Oh, nice. He's a pilot and that's, he's given me flying lessons oh. and has shown me how to read maps. And it shows on there these, uh, like for instance, in Dallas around DFW airport, it's a major airport. They don't want general aviation aircraft flying there for obvious reasons sure. because it's restricted commercial airspace. Uh, additionally, the airspace above George W. Bush's uh, house in Preston Hollow mm-hmm. in the Dallas area is also restricted airspace. So you can look at these aviation maps and there are these concentric circles around this certain point and there's like Alpha airspace, Bravo airspace, Charlie airspace and it's to get in those you have to have clearance. So like if it's just open airspace, you can just fly there. But then if it's a certain level up in airspace, they'll call you on the radio and be like, okay. And they usually call you, you by your, over this. yeah, they'll call you by your tail name and they'll say like November 4, you know, one, four, six, eight, what are you doing coming in? And they say, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm lost. Okay. We'll turn North and go that way. And then there's certain airspace like above the white house that you automatically, mm. they scramble fighter jets and shoot you down. Damn. And so this is that kind of airspace where yeah. if you cro- like there's the concentric circles where if you get into it and they say, okay, November one, two, three, four, where are you going? And you don't answer. That's how you get the jet scrambled on your ass. Yeah. Yeah. In addition, security clearances are regularly checked and no weapons or cameras are allowed. Surveillance is constantly happening using CCTV, motion detectors, and even buried motion sensors. That, that sounds de- like my house. <laughs> right? <laughs> Your house kind of is like Area 51. There's a lot of conspiracy theories that go on. You might have an alien somewhere. This I'm dog not sure. is an alien. Yeah. Lucy is kind of half alien. Um, yeah, they have like sensors buried underneath the ground so they can detect vibrations from cars approaching or even Ooh. footsteps. Yes. I need those in my yard. Right. Some motion detectors are even placed on public land far from the area so the guards can see who is approaching. Uh -uh. The perimeter of the base is marked by orange posts and patrolled by guards in white pickup trucks and camo fatigues. The guards won't answer questions about who they work for and signage around the base advises deadly force is authorized against trespassers. Uh Uh-oh. Well, is it worth it to try to breach the perimeter of Area 51 and find the truth? I think you would be uh, shot down before you found the truth. Yeah, you have to breach it from the inside, Bill Cooper style. Yeah, yeah, totally. You, yeah, <laughs> and the Bill Cooper style. Life. Yeah. I'm very obsessed with Bill Cooper now. <laughs> the purpose of Area 51 is still not publicly known. However, based on historical evidence, it most likely supports the development and testing of experimental aircraft and weapon systems known as Black Projects. Black Project is a term for a highly classified military or defense project publicly unacknowledged by the government, military, personnel, and contractors. Two examples of Black Projects would be the F-117 Nighthawk Stealth Attack Aircraft and the B-2 Spirit Stealth Bomber. Oh, so that's the, uh, the... There's also technology that they're working on where the panels are like LED um, like screens mm-hmm. and then there's cameras on the bottom to then reflect up the ground. So it's basically like looks like a reflection. It's kind of oh. the technology that's in the like Avengers. Like a glass bottom boat? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Pretty soon you can go on like, uh, stealth bomber tours. <laughs> like, check it out below you. Uh, but yeah, it's supposed to, it's uh, Avengers technology, ostensibly. Well, the pictures of these are very sexy. Yeah. <laughs> like, stealth bombers, like, I'm like, this is so terrifying slash sexy looking. Oh, yeah. Kind of like if you ran into a vampire in the middle of the night. <laughs> Like, if you saw that thing flying, you'd be like, what the fuck is this? But it's, like, so sleek and just, mm-hmm. like, futuristic like, give looking. me that plane. <laughs> give me that plane. <laughs> well, because of its secretive nature, undoubted connection to classified aircraft research, and reports of unusual phenomena, Area 51 has become a hotspot for UFO and other conspiracy theories. Since the 1950s, people have claimed to see mysterious lights and unidentified flying objects in the skies over Area 51. Could early reports have been the result of the military testing secret spy planes? Both the A-12, also known as Oxcart, and the F-117 Nighthawk looked light years ahead of any other aircraft at the time. They could also reach much higher altitudes than most planes. Could these futuristic qualities have led one to believe that they were from another planet? Or were they actually from another planet? Well, I'll just tell you right now. I uh, watched a three-hour video of Bill Cooper (laughs) recorded in Sedona, Arizona, which I've been to. Oh, I've heard it's gorgeous. Oh, my gosh. Go to Sedona. It's very, like, new age and mystical, right? Shout out to uh, Caroline, who now lives in New York. She's Sweat Caroline on uh, Instagram. She is my improv comedy Oh, I know Caroline. Yeah, Yeah, she was your student as well. Mm -hmm. She had a wedding in Sedona, and it was gorgeous. And there's these vortexes, and you can, like, climb to the vortex and like find this energy mm-hmm. so this is where christy's research is going to stop and heather's <laughs> conspiracy theories are going to begin it's so still, it's still research it's true i did a lot of research let me just say 1992 bill oh, cooper is in front of the crowd and they sh- they pan out to the crowd and there's in sedona in sedona it's, it looks like um, a gymnasium with chairs maybe it's like a vfw hall <laughs> And there's, uh, you know, a smattering of a cross section of the population is out in these uh, chairs. And he starts out going, well, we couldn't get a TV big enough. So uh, I'm going to play a video and then I'm going to have everyone in the front few rows stand up, walk to the back and have the people in the back few rows stand up, (laughs) walk to the middle. And then we're going to play one way to do it, Bill. We're going to play it again. And and he goes, and we will do this as many times as it takes. Wow. Jesus Christ. So no wonder it was three hours. Two hours was just people watching this (laughs) one five minute clip. Shuffling chairs. (laughs) So then he gets up and the first thing he says is, you have been lied to by your own government. They assassinated your president. And I was like, eh. True. So this is one of those conspiracies that is like the Mac Daddy of all conspiracies or like the mama of all conspiracies. I don't I don't think I'm supposed to say Mac Daddy. I don't know what that is. A Mac Daddy? Yeah, what does that mean? Uh, I don't know. I th- they were big in the 90s, though. I, know <laughs> I don't, that. It's, Maybe I just mean like, oh, granddaddy. That's the Granddaddy. Okay. Sometimes the things that have been crammed in my head since childhood <laughs> just spill out. Yeah. Um, so the granddaddy of all conspiracies. So it's like aliens landed. In 1936, an alien saucer, I'm saving you three and a half hours of your life. Also, he'll start to do a little bit of uh, explaining, and then he'll stop and go, go and read this for yourself. And I'm like... Well, if we could, but we're here to see you, so yes. why don't you keep talking, Bill? <laughs> no, I was like, do you want everyone to leave your crazy uh, tour here, or do you want us to all fucking listen to what you have to say? I don't want to go to a show or a speech and be given homework. I was like, <laughs> yeah. spill it, buddy. I'd be like, like if we're at, we're doing a show at DCH, and then just in the middle of everyone laughing, we're like, do you want to 
go home and laugh in front of a TV. Yeah, go watch it yourself. You can just go yourself. home and watch a stand-up special at home. It's or, like, or we could just turn the show off, right? We'll turn the mics off, and y'all can look up Area 51 on Wikipedia. We've, uh, but like, no, you've already po- got us here. Yeah, the point is to like finish. So anyway, yeah. so he says, 1936, Germany recovered a flying disc. Was it taken? Was it crashed? Or did the aliens give it willingly to the Germans? Mm. Who knows? But they used the Pino Munde area. Oh, that's a good wine. Uh, oh, is <laughs> They to um, investigate and recreate technology. So then when the U.S. occupied Germany, they saw that there was research and lots of hardware, but they were re- uh, taken by the Russians. The Russians took the alien technology. During World War One, uh, or World War II? So it was the cusp of World War Two. So then, 1947, we're about to get to the Roswell incident. The Roswell incident happens, mm-hmm. and he alleges that while... Eisenhower was in office. Eisenhower was missing. Like, no one could account for his whereabouts. Maybe he was in the bathroom. Well, this is a classic. His name was Dwight Eisenhower. This is the classic, what I would call the Dwight Schrute defense. <laughs> he claimed that he was seeing a dentist. <laughs> What's your dentist's name? And Dwight Eisenhower's like, Crentis. <laughs> That's one of the best episodes. And he's like, well, Crentice sounds like dentist. Maybe that's why he became a dentist. (laughs) So Dwight Eisenhower, the president of the United States, goes missing uh, as far as like the press and other people. And he alleges that he was having dental surgery. But what Bill Cooper and Bob Lazar, who we'll get to, want you to believe is that actually he was meeting with aliens to sign a peace treaty. Maybe they also knew how to do dental work. True. Also, Bob, uh, uh, Bill Cooper loves... References. So he talks about that the Illuminati. Oh yes, they of course get pulled into this. The oh Illuminati. yeah. He's like, it's like the NFL, and then he starts talking about Star Wars. He's like, that technology is actual alien technology. And what the Star Wars? The technology oh, in Star Wars yeah. and Star Trek is actual because this was ninety two. The Star Trek and Star Wars technology is actual alien technology, and the government works with Hollywood to put these in movies so that you become more familiar. So for instance, the Eisenhower meeting was depicted in the film Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Great film, Which he way. said, he said is 100% true, except for, um, they f- instead of finding the ship, like, they got it from, like, the Germans and the Russians. Apparently, these aliens, because, you know, let me, let's just get right into it. <laughs> these aliens wear belts that have electromagnetic fields. Do they wear pants? I don't think so. Just, okay, it's, that's, just, that's a look. Does Spongebob wear pants? Oh, square pants. Yeah. I was going to say, he just has a belt around the middle. But he has little shorts, brown yeah. shorts on. Yeah, I've been watching true. a lot of Spongebob. We, we're introducing, yeah, we're introducing Ella to it, though. That's great. Yeah, I introduced great my show. niece, uh, Sydney, to Animaniacs, and oh, she so loved good. it. And I was like, this is my kid. Yeah, okay. Spongebob and Animaniacs are two that I can definitely watch. So these aliens wear pants. They wear belts with no pants. Okay. And the belts allow these electromagnetic fields which let you walk through walls. So they mm. had to keep these aliens in a special Faraday, which is a chem- uh, which is a um, element, Faraday-shielded enclosures because they use electric magnetic energy to go through walls. Bill Cooper alleges that this is how people are abducted from their homes without, like, their family members knowing or, like, without the roof getting oh. blown off because they can they can go through the roof, pick you up, and then if the, you're in the field with them, they can go back through. Interesting. And so um, they also use those fields to go in and get take sperm and eggs from women, sperm from men and Ooh. eggs from women, to try to mix it up 
and make alien human hybrids. So they're also OBGYNs. They're dentists. They're OBGYNs. And also, he was saying they impregnate women and then in the first trimester extract the baby with this electromagnetic technology and then put it in like a a bucket. I don't know. Like a a tube. And they... Is it a human baby or an alien It's half human, half alien baby. Damn. Made me think of Monty Python and the Life of Brian, where he's like, mm-hmm. "What do you? Where's the fetus gonna gestate? You're gonna keep it in a box?" <laughs> Apparently. So then, the, and then this goes. He says that there was 1954. There was uh, landings from aircrafts like in New Mexico, California, Florida, and that this whole society of nations came together, which is like the Bilderbergers and this thing called MJ12, which is like uh, the the majority 12. What is Bilderberger? Is so that the like where you get to build your own burger? Is that what it sounds like? Like, mm-hmm. I can pick what I want on my burger. That sounds amazing. Lettuce, like, tomato, bacon. It's like a Chipotle, but of hamburgers. Yeah. And we call it the Bilderbergers, yes. and it's conspiracy themed. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, man. That's a, we just. I had a Shake Shack just, for lunch. Oh, so I always good. do. So good. <laughs> Too much. So the Bilderbergers were created to fight off alien threats, and it was wealthy people from multiple countries. And But Bill Cooper warns that. The Bilderbergers got drunk on power, and they liked controlling con- currency and political um, leadership too much that they then uh, kind of lost their path away from, like, just protecting the world against aliens. They're now, like, running – they assassinated JFK. Our, our uh, drink special will be called Drunk on Power yes. at our restaurant, <laughs> the Bilderberger, the Bilderberger. alien-themed restaurant. Please enjoy the Drunk on Power. So that's what I wanted to – Put put in as far as Bill Cooper and the aliens at Area 51. Bill Cooper, Mac Daddy Bill Cooper. I'm sorry. I feel like I'm, I feel so stupid. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Bill Cooper is the quintessential Mac Daddy, Of to be conspiracy theory, yeah, at least. Yeah, yeah totally. So now we need to move on to another Bill Cooper mentions the 1947 Roswell yes. incident. So that's a very important uh in this whole vast conspiracy. So, yes. Christy, please tell us about Roswell. And it's one of the biggest events to lead the countrywide speculation that Area 51 is connected to alien activity. Also, television show called Roswell on the yeah, WB in the never 90s. seen it. I only watched one episode because Howie D, my favorite Backstreet Boy, guessed it on there. Oh, okay. For 30 seconds. I mean, was he, uh... he was like an extra. Oh, okay. I don't remember what he played. So, Area, what is, is Roswell... They lived there when this happened. Or no, it's, it's present day. Okay, and the well, nineties or two thousands, yeah. and the I think some of the kids are aliens. Oh, okay. So it's like aliens stuck around when and alien stuff is happening. Bread and people are banging aliens. I mean, you stuff. crash on a planet and you're like, I could leave or I could get my bang on, <laughs> or I could stay and see what this strange is all about. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you're an alien, you're like. I'm gonna hit, wow, I'm gonna wow, hit this wow, human wow. strange to see what's going on. I mean, you got to try it. Don't knock it till you try it. That's true. That's true. Well, the crash that happened in Roswell, the official report at the time by the government was that it was a weather balloon that crashed. Interesting. On June 14, 1947, local farmer William Brazel noticed clusters of debris approximately 30 miles north of Roswell. He told the Roswell Daily Record that he and his son saw a large area of bright wreckage made up of rubber strips, tinfoil, a rather tough paper, and sticks. What a description. <laughs> Which I also feel like could describe Heather's kitchen. He's just like, it's just all... a bunch of tinfoil. Yeah. <laughs> 
hey, some hey, rubber hey. straps. <laughs> hey, there's just a, just a big old pile of stuff. Yeah, yeah. At first, he didn't think much of it and left it alone. A couple of weeks later, on July 4th... Independence Day. Mm, oh, shit. That's what this movie's about. Oh, I'm I just kidding. Even... I don't know. <laughs> no, but I bet that is... I wonder if that is why they did it on July 4th, or if it's just because it's like the it's Independence like Day of America. Yeah. Okay. Probably that. <laughs> well, but maybe it's a little Easter egg. That's true. So in, a couple of weeks later, on July 4th, he returned to the crash site to collect the material with his son, wife, and daughter. Nice little family field trip. And stashed it under a bush. I'm going to take that space debris and I'm going to put it under this bush. <laughs> like, why wouldn't you just take it William, home? you can't. <laughs> I ain't bringing it into the house. It's ungodly. Put it in the bush. Rumors of sightings of flying discs had been circulating in the community. And Brazel, thinking this might be what he had found, contacted Sheriff Wilcox. Sounds like a big name. Wilcox. It's Larry Wilcox. <laughs> Wilcox immediately contacted Roswell Army Airfield Major Jesse Marcel. Marcel and a man in plain clothes da, da, da. then accompanied Brazel back to the crash site and collected the debris. Mr. Brazel, please show us your bush. <laughs> and We're here to, to collect yeah. the items His from your bush. His wife's like, um, are you talking to me? William, no. no. ma'am. Ma'am, please put your dress down. <laughs> put, your, put your clothes back on. Please. On July 8th, 1947... Roswell Army Airfield Public Information Officer Walter Hout issued a press release stating that personnel from the field's 509th Operations Group had recovered a, quote, flying disc, which had crashed on a ranch near Roswell. At the time, the military told the public that the flying disc was just a weather balloon. However, 50 years later, in a 231-page report, the Air Force finally came out and admitted that they had been using high-altitude balloons to try to detect Soviet nuclear tests. Even after this admission, many still had their doubts. Well, yeah. Some believe the debris found was actually from a crashed nuclear bomber, while others believe the material found at the crash site was from an alien spacecraft. That's what it was. And that the recovered debris and alleged alien bodies found in the wreckage currently being stored at area 51 well do you want to know what bill cooper said i happened? would love to apparently at roswell this has started project grudge and at the roswell incident they found multiple alien bodies and they were all dead except for one yeah this makes me sad yeah i did read about this and it made me sad and they also recovered a bunch of alien technology the one alien that they recovered they called eb which is EBE, which stood for Extraterrestrial Biological Entity. And that's, I think there was, there. he alleged that there were like multiple crashes. And EB, I think they picked him up in 1950. No, he, they picked him up in 1947. They said that they tried to interrogate EB, but that he frequently lied. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did he speak English? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, so well, they're they, aliens they, with all this technology, no, no, no. but they speak English? They were able to, like, communicate with them. How? And I think, like, yeses and nos. Um, <laughs> so they understood enough of our language. It's like if I were to go to Mexico, I could probably speak and get by. Maybe you should learn Spanish, Christy. But I should, yeah. It's well, good for the brain. It saves off dementia. If Trump has anything to do with it, these aliens are going to have to fucking speak English if they want to communicate with us. Exactly. Or they're going to be sent back to their They're like, we're going to, home. yeah, they're going to probably... build a wall that reaches outer space so they can't get <laughs> over it. It'll be the greatest wall to go all the way to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea. You can't get over it with spacecrafts. 
to this. Well, <laughs> anyway, Evie somehow. Well, I don't say somehow. They had people whose jobs it was to because in 1936, the alien disc had crashed in Germany. So they were already doing tests on stuff. Mm. And so they had people that were trying to decipher some of this alien technology. So then when they got Evie, they started asking him or her. Let's not gender Evie. No. Questions. Probably. Honestly, probably didn't have a gender. And I, I like to think I don't. Bill Cooper didn't use the word interrogate. They just said questioned. Mm. Um, so I hope that they didn't like torture Evie. That's why this makes me sad. But I think that they didn't because they could have just shot him, you know, or her. But I think that they just just wanted to get information out of it because they were worried that it was going to die because how does it like it doesn't eat well food. they don't know what kind of he reads what pieces. it needs um, to thrive yeah it's supposed to eat Reese's pieces and so can I just tell you E.T. is the saddest movie I've ever seen in my life well I can't think about that movie for very long or I will ball uncontrollably Bill Cooper says that E.T. is the true story okay, of well, E.B. that can't oh and my god no what really <laughs> you gotta see Christy's face she's crying <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, no. That movie makes me so sad. He says that instead of the little boy fight, you're really legitimately <laughs> crying. It's so sad. Bill Cooper says that instead of the little boy finding, Elliot finding him yeah, in the desert, that the government got him. You know, like when he's running through the desert and then uh, he gets away and he gets to Elliot. The saddest is, what about, does he say the part's real when, like, the government has those, like, white tents set up and then they find his gray little lifeless body? in that ravine that's not that's not what happened oh my god she's crying so hard we're gonna have to stop the show i'm gonna keep going you take a moment it's uh, that i've only seen that movie there are tears running down your face one and a half times the first time was when it came out and i had a nervous breakdown (laughs) in the theater and i had to crawl into my dad's lap and sob uncontrollably and then i went home and i told my mom how sad it was you're still crying and i couldn't see that movie again i tried again when i was like 16 and I couldn't do it because it was so sad. And I have left I have left places because people have put on that movie and I can't handle it. She's got tears streaming down her face. I did not I did not know that you felt this strongly about E.T. He says that the true story of E.B. So sweet. Is that they put him in this Faraday shielded enclosure because he does use the electromagnetic energy to go between walls. And that they talked to him until about two years in, he kind of like lied to them. But then about two years in, he started just like answering their questions. And for two years, he was just kept there (laughs) with no friends or family. How did he even survive? They tried. Well, so they tried to contact his home planet and they realized. uh, So that was 1947 is when they got a hold of him. Late 1951, he got sick. Oh, God. She's so sad. So they realized. I, I hope this isn't real so bad. No, it's so they realized two things that if they had the technology to get to Earth, then they probably had the technology to like destroy Earth. So they were nice to him because they, what if he could like communicate back with his home planet? And he's like, why do they assume that they want to destroy Earth? Maybe they're nice. Well, exactly. So they're trying to be nice too. It's like when you move into a new neighborhood, you don't want to go swinging your dick around too much. <laughs> It's like that house I put an offer in on. The people next door have a Beto sign. I was like, all right. Yeah, that's they, good... but they also have a Clinton Kane sign. Okay, so this house that Heather put an offer on, her neighbors still have a Clinton Kane sign up. But then two houses down, another person has still has a Clinton Kane sign up. What is, I think you live in a, in two years ago. I'm pretty sure that is <laughs> a time, a travel, time travel street. <laughs> it's a time travel house. It's so wild. <laughs> it's so good. So, you know, when these aliens come here, they're trying to be nice. We want to be nice back to them because they're hope, worried that, you know, if he gets word that we've been mis, 
uh, he gives word back that we've been mistreating him, then, you know, they're going to send uh, the troops in. So uh, they realize, though, that EB is a chlorophyll-based creature. That means basically he eats and excretes the same as plants. So he takes in the sun for energy and then I don't know how plants poop, but it's the same as EB. They poop. <laughs> plants poop? Well, excrete uh, like after they take in the chlorophyll they excrete it out. Okay, um, so EB's basically a plant. He's a plant monster. He's a Groot. <gasps> and he can't talk oh because he's Groot. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is the saddest episode we've ever done. So they call in botanist Dr. Guillermo Mendoza, and Bill Cooper goes, you won't find him on any medical records. <laughs> of course you will He won't. was a PhD botanist. <laughs> uh, so they bring him in, and they tried their best, but E.B. passed away in 1952. Oh, no. The whole time he was here, the U.S. was trying to contact its home planet, and they weren't able to get him to go home. Bicycle or not, he was not able to come home. <laughs> so in 1952, Harry Truman, who was the president, created the NSA – who was to decipher all of the alien communications and languages so that we could communicate in the future. They codenamed it Project Sigma, and it was a success. The NSA still exists to this day, and it's probably listening to this podcast, and it listens to all the voice to texts I send, which are horrifying, and probably all the Google searches and Amazon searches. Today I'd searched Nine Foot Stay Puff Marshmallow Man on Amazon. Nice. And Just for fun? I think I want to buy one. I was like, uh, people had a uh, Christmas decoration, and I was like, I want a Marshmallow Man. Oh, nice. Uh, in my yard but anyhow so that was eb was the uh creation or was like the cause to create the nsa and then in Very 1954 there were right now yeah there were more i'm so sorry you're so i'm so sorry i feel like i upset you but um you, you know, didn't upset me but eb upset the you. government upset me but that happens daily so i mean <laughs> it's just like ron swanson <laughs> shut the government down <laughs> shut it down well that's very upsetting and as much as I want to believe that aliens have contacted us, I don't want to believe in that story because it's very sad. The story of little baby Evie. Mm. So Evie passes away in 1952. Well, a couple years later, in 1955, Ray Santilli, a London-based film producer, released a video that allegedly showed an alien autopsy. Also, so sad. Oh, God, what if it was Evie? <laughs> well... So it's very sad, and I almost didn't watch it because his little alien face on this black and white grainy video made me so sad that I was like, I'm not going to play this, but then I thought, I have to do it. The listeners have to know what I've seen. <laughs> you guys, she's putting herself through some stuff. <laughs> I am. But, but then I read, he actually came out, Santilli came out in 2006 and admitted the video was fake. Oh, come on, man. Although he maintains that it was based on actual footage witnessed by U.S. military personnel. Okay. But the video that I watched, knowing it was fake, was a little easier to get through. This is like the whole Megalodon situation that I told yes. you about, <laughs> that we thought the Megalodon was real and yes. it turns out it wasn't. Yeah. Well, another conspiracy theory for what went down at Area 51, and this is also horribly upsetting this is very upsetting is that joseph stalin and joseph mangala conspired together to create a cold war of the worlds amy jacobson author of the new book area 51 claims stalin was inspired by the extraterrestrial hysteria following orson wells 1938 war of the worlds radio reading and wanted to throw the American public into a fearful frenzy. Oh, so they just wanted it to be a fake hysteria. Yes. 
Yes. Sneaky, sneaky Joseph Stalin. So, according to Jacobson, the plot started after the Soviet Union seized from Germany at the end of the war, again the Germans, They're always the jet-propelled single-wing Horton Ho 229. Horton, here's a hoe. <laughs> a fighter said to be a forerunner of the modern B-2 stealth bomber. This is where Mangala enters the story. The Nazi doctor who experimented on prisoners in Auschwitz and fled to South America after the war, was supposedly enlisted to create a crew of grotesque child-sized aviators in return for a eugenics laboratory. What a monster he, he is, was. He is, if, a, if you look up monster in the dictionary, it should just be a picture of this man because he is the definition of a monster. The experiments he did on children, especially twins yeah. in the concentration camps in World War II is just it's beyond it's torture. Horrifying and to also, know that things like this actually have happened to people. And and it was like the experiments would go wrong and he knew it and he was like, I just keep doing it. Oh, they would in intend for them to go wrong a lot of times to see what the outcome was yeah. and just inject kids with the most awful stuff imaginable. I mean, they were, they were rats yeah. in a laboratory. Laboratories, yeah. It was terrible. This goes to our morality uh, question of like... This defines him and he is dead. Absolutely. But he, if he's he wasn't, I hope, he, I hope he's burning in hell and I don't even believe in hell. Well, because it's a person who knows what he's doing is wrong and is like delighting in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I think that's my, my thing is mental culpability. I think that's my morality. That what defines it for you? Yeah. You know what you're doing is wrong, then work to make it better. And yeah. if what you know what you're doing is wrong, you don't know, then you can't. But hopefully yeah. you... He was all, aware of what he did. Yeah. So we should all strive towards more in, uh, enlightenment, right? Yes, definitely. I'm always willing to learn. Me too. Well, the book, Area 51, says that the plane was filled with alien-like children Ugh. aged 12 or 13 who Stalin wanted to land in America and cause hysteria similar to the 1938 broadcast. But the plane, remotely piloted by another aircraft, crashed and the Americans hushed up the incident. Dang. So that is a, this is a turducken conspiracy. Just, and it, like I said. There's layers upon layers. And that's, uh, Bill Cooper's like, let me tell you who these people are who are in charge. First of all, you have the Illuminati, and they had a plot to take down, the, to protect... Well, pro Stalin and Mengele were probably Illuminati. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. And he says, they had a plot to take down national barriers and create a one-world government. So, I guess 250 years ago, he had claims a man was contacted by a spirit or alien or entity and then created the Illuminati. And then the Round Table of Nine... Wait, was... go back to that? <laughs> Let's not gloss over that. <laughs> what Bill happened? Cooper claims okay. 250 years ago, a man was contacted by... Who's, like, who? What man? He doesn't specify. <laughs> <laughs> to be determined, as yet okay. found. Okay. Uh, and also, this was in 1992, so it was like 250 years from 1992 is like 1992, 1892, 1792. So it would have been like the mid-70s. So like around revolution-ish times. Okay, okay. Um, anyways, was contacted by a spirit, alien, or entity, and he started the Illuminati as a plot to take down national barriers and create a one-world government. The can Then each... So it's kind of like a turducken where you have like the big turkey on the outside is the Illuminati and inside is the chicken. Does the chicken come next or the duck? Duck. Okay. So inside is the duck. And it's the... not a chur-tick duck. All right. All right. <laughs> turducken. So, so then the duck 
is the controlling group, which is called the Round Table of Nine, which is made of banking families. Mm, then the like chicken, the Rothschilds. correct? That's one of those. Then the chicken inside of that is the Bilderbergers. Still and don't understand what these are. That is like a group of uh, wealthy bankers that control the uh, money in all like the hard asset backed. Wait countries. a second, are you saying builder burgers? I think it's B U I L D E R B or I mean, it's B I L D E R B E R G E R S. Okay. In my head, this whole time, I've been thinking like build of a this bear? like build a bear, Stop. and that's how I've been. <laughs> I've been spelling it was build a burger. Okay. Build a burger. Yeah. Coming down. Make a burger. <laughs> Control an economy. Happy to have you. This is our, uh, again, back to our restaurant we're going to open. A, a great idea. And then inside of the chicken is a, I guess we'll call it a Cornish game hen. <laughs> Smaller like even. That's the Club of Rome, which controls the UK and Europe. And then the Council on Foreign Relations or the Trilateral Commission, which controls the US. So he's saying there's like multiple levels of deepness. And then from there, they control like the CIA and the FBI and the president. And if they don't like what the president's doing, they'll off him as was... Uh, with JFK. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Wow. Bill Cooper. He is. He's got a lot going on. He's got a lot going I on. Intended... Is he still... He's not alive. He passed away yes. in 2001. That's right. He predicted 9-11 and then he died. Whoa. Not like immediately after. It was like two months later. But uh, I, my goal for you listeners uh, is to read Behold a Pale Horse because so you don't have to. I do to. want to read that. But I just didn't sleep all week. So I only had enough time to watch his videos and then read some stuff. Well, Sorry, I couldn't read a whole book. This his, week. his videos, I feel like, are probably even more entertaining than this book because you get to yeah. see his wild-eyed, hair-brained. I just uh, like self. how he talks, um, very um, matter-of-factly, and he's kind of irritated. Like you should know it already. Yeah, the movie yeah. Close Encounters of the Third Kind was this <laughs> yeah. about Eisenhower going Idiots, to the dentist? You sheeple! Yeah, he's like Dwight <laughs> Idiots. He is kind of like drenched. <laughs> <laughs> Blood alone moves the wheels of history. <laughs> Well, we mentioned earlier Bob Lazar. He's also, uh, he's kind of up there with Bill Cooper. I don't think he's as Bill Cooper as Bill Cooper. No. But he's in the same family. If you want to watch a video of Bob Lazar, you can go on Amazon Prime. He Mm -hmm. has, we'll link it in the show notes. And he just, the movie, the video starts and it's just a, a shot of the desert. It's a beautiful landscape shot. And then in whips a Thunderbird. (laughs) And then out of it opens, and it's a, a shaggy-haired Stephen King-looking gentleman nice. with some thick glasses and a maroon, He does look like Stephen King. He has, like, a little maroon sweater, and he's like, hey, <laughs> I'm Bob Lazar. Whoa, how casual. Yeah, and he's like, if you want to know more about me, I'm going to tell you. And then halfway through it, he's like, I'm going to teach you science. And I was like, bitch. <laughs> This is tell me about them aliens. I'm not trying to sign up for this, but he is explaining the way that aliens travel through space is uh, basically they are able to bend gravitational waves, which makes the journey from A to B shorter. So, like, the journey from A to B is like a straight line. Well, you can make the line shorter by bending the gravity between the two. Isn't that what a wormhole is? I think so. Yeah. So, acting like you invented wormholes, Mm -hmm. get back in that thunderbird. Mm -hmm. So. Well, perhaps one of the biggest stories that bolstered conspiracy theorists' beliefs that Area 51 was housing alien information came from an alleged former government employee of the secretive base. In May of 1989, Bob Lazar appeared in an interview with investigative reporter George Knapp on Las Vegas TV station KLAS. Lazar's face was hidden, and he went by the pseudonym Dennis, which I hope he picked that on his own. (laughs) What do he wants to call you? Rob, Ted, Dennis. 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 It's Dennis. 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 
Lazar claimed he was a former government physicist that had been assigned to work in a secret underground base called S4. Also, great gay club down in Dallas. Oh, yeah, that's a great club. Yeah, and I didn't, I, I'm assuming that's what they've named it after. Maybe. Yeah, I mean. There's also it, a security. Well, it's called Station 4, which is probably what S4 stood for. Oh, I was like, there's a securities regulation that you have to file for a publicly traded company that's a form S4. Maybe that's oh, what the club is named after. Come on down and file your documents with the government. Or come on down to the secret underground base and get lit. Okay, that sounds better. Yeah. Never mind. Shout out to S4. We love you. Yeah. S4 was about 15 miles south of Groom Lake near Papoose Lake. And built into the side of a mountain. That this sounds is like, like a, some James Bond yeah. shit right here. You get there, you fly up, and it looks like a mountain, and then it goes... Yeah. Yes. And the mountain opens. Absolutely. According to Lazar, it consisted of a series of hangars that housed nine alien spacecraft that the government was trying to understand and reproduce. Lazar claimed he was involved in the reverse engineering of several of these. According to Lazar, like Heather just mentioned... The propulsion of the alien aircrafts was fueled by atomic element 115, also known as muscovium, an extremely radioactive element. This was then used to generate gravity waves, which I'm assuming is how he says they traveled through space so quickly. He also claims that he was given briefing documents describing the historical involvement by extraterrestrial beings referred to as gray aliens or grays, from a planet that orbited the twin binary star system, Zeta Reticuli, with Earth for the past 10,000 years. Wow. Yeah. That's just a lot. Yeah. And he drives a Thunderbird, yes. so you know he's yeah. legit. Yeah, uh, yeah, you gotta believe He's him. like, hey, would a guy like me lie to you? I drive a friggin' Thunderbird. <laughs> You're like, no, Bob Lazar, you would God, Bob Lazar, look at you work that chalkboard. Lazar's story led to much media frenzy and controversy, as expected, Skeptics immediately tried to debunk his credibility by pointing to the fact that none of the institutions from where he claimed to have degrees have any record of him. Stanton Friedman, a prominent ufologist, which, what a title. Man, that's a good one. I want to be a ufologist. Was able to verify that Lazar took electronics courses in the late 1970s at Pierce Junior College in Los Angeles. At the same time as he was supposedly attending MIT in Massachusetts. If you know how to bend gravity and you can travel instantaneously, maybe you're taking both classes. That's how he did it. Or he had that thing like Hermione. Oh, a time turner. Yes. Look at you with your Harry Potter references. See, I'm already huffle-puffling it it up. (laughs) He further discovered that Lazar had graduated from high school in the bottom third of his class, same, and that the only (laughs) science course he took was chemistry, making it highly unlikely that he would have ever been accepted to MIT. Well, you don't know if MIT finds out you drive a Thunderbird. Yeah. They, I mean, or in. That, that you, yeah, or that, you know, you could travel through space-time in a faster than the speed of light. Then they probably won't He even. was so early for that interview. They're yeah. like, you're automatically <laughs> in, sir. Friedman believes that Lazar lied about attending both MIT and Caltech. No professors remembered him. He was not in any yearbooks, and there are no records of him attending. That's kind of like me in college, though. I was kind of low-key. Yeah. Like, I wasn't in the yearbook. Who's oh, in the yearbook of college? I wasn't. Nerds. I, I don't even know. Do you have a yearbook in college? They had one. They tried to sell it to me for $50. I didn't even go to my high college graduation. You That's didn't? how little I cared. Yeah. What? Because I took, I took a, I forget what they were called, but it was like that course in the summer where you, like, 
got you took one for four weeks. We got twelve weeks. Oh, nice. Worth of credit. Accelerated. Or, yeah, yeah. I don't remember what it was called, but so. I technically graduated during the summer, and then if I wanted to walk, I was going to have to go back in the fall or spring, whenever it was. But also in college, it's like, just because you're friends with people doesn't mean you're graduating with them, because if they're in like a different Different college, like the College of Arts, I was in College of Arts and Sciences, but if somebody's like College of Engineering or whatever, you know, I don't know. It was like, I didn't know, I knew people in college, but they weren't like people it wasn't like high school where like it's insular and you know like everyone you want to be all together yeah i just didn't give a shit i liked ours there were just so many graduates that they were like just stand in whatever order oh yeah my parents are like are you gonna be like in the middle of the alphabet i was like i don't know where i'll be (laughs) i'm gonna be at the beginning you just had a card with your name on it and it was just whatever order yeah i don't think my parents cared that i didn't go whatever bob lazar probably went to mit maybe prove that maybe they didn't have facebook back then yeah does anyone have any proof i went to unt i went to i signed up for facebook with my dot edu email address Uh oh so maybe he if that's what they need to verify him well here's another thing lazar couldn't remember the year he obtained his master's although I often don't remember when I graduated college, so I kind of you can forgot, relate to this. You forgot how old you were for many months. Uh, all year I've thought I was 38 and that I was turning 39 in January. Whoops. Then I get an invitation to a good friend's 40th birthday party who's just a few months older than me, and I open it and I think, why is she sending this invitation a year before she's turning 40? I like that that's your first thought. <laughs> and then all the wheels, I, I, it was like that scene in memento when like everything starts clicking and i was like oh my god she's gonna be 40 i'm gonna be 40 and i immediately called tommy and i was like how old am i and he was like uh 39 i was like what the fuck i thought i was 38 all year and then i called my mom i was like how old am i and she's like you're 38 you're 39 i was like god damn it nobody told me i'm gonna be 40 in just a few months you lost your whole 30 yeah and she's like well now you didn't have to obsess about it for a year and i was like but i've aged a year in like five seconds (laughs) i benjamin buttoned myself oh god yeah so yeah so i mean so i get that i get that maybe he just doesn't know when he graduated because i think i graduated college in 2002 honestly i'd have to go back and look at my diploma which is sitting in my closet i don't even have that thing i i literally cared so much about graduating college do it in the closet yeah i i go on rants all the time that like i I feel like college is worthless go spend your money on traveling traveling the country yeah Uh, or the world or i uh, i just know mine's all five years apart i graduated high school 2005 and then college 2010 and then law school 2015 I like to take my time. <laughs> hey, I also took five years and went to three different colleges. Well, I did in so fifteen. Wrong with that. Say, I did in fifteen years. What most people do in like six. Hey, do it. <laughs> and but now look at you. That's true. I guess worked out. Well, on the contrary, Lazar claims he attended both MIT and Caltech, and that the reason no one can find any record of him is because the government had them all erased to try and discredit and silence him. You know what? This I. Okay. I don't want to say this. Oh no, but. I actually, I have a PhD in physics Oh, from MIT, uh-huh. but I'm so uh, prominent that the government's trying to Shit. silence me because of my tinfoil hat exper- that, uh, conspiracy. That makes sense. I, I buy it. They're trying to erase it. I didn't want to tell you this, oh, but I have a doctorate. <gasps> From both Harvard and Yale. Oh my God! But I you have had, a double D. It's but well, no, I have a quadruple D. <laughs> Turns out, turns out, <laughs> which uh, in the bra world are really just an F, I think, or a G. It doesn't make any sense. It's how mean to tell. It's mean to look at your tits and for a place to go F. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, in high school, these were an A plus. Thank you very much. 
<laughs> yeah, I was like, mine are a solid B minus. I mean, solid B, solid B. <laughs> no, you got an A. That's true. They're pretty. You're good. They're pretty good. I got some booby tape. Just this doesn't doesn't have oh, to do with God. anything. But because uh, I have, a I pretty- say, oh God, because if I try to use booby tape, it would be I would have to use like the kind of tape they use to like tape a plane back together or something <laughs> just to hold them up. I got uh, these nipple pasties, so they're like little pink flowers. Hmm. And you put them bullseye, and then you, there's some tape at the top, and so you lift the the boober up mm-hmm. and you tape it right up there. So I had a sexy dress I wore this weekend, and because uh, I got the and this is a test run. You look very sexy. Oh, thank you. I got, it was a test run for this plunging V-neck dress I got off of Amazon that I thought was going to be like a dark navy, and it is like Austin Powers blue velvet. But I kind of nice. did it, um, and it. But you can't wear a bra with it because it's like a plunging neckline. Yeah. And I was driving home from that party, and I was like, I got to get these things off of me. And I was just <laughs> yanking them off of the car, and I was like swerving. And I was like, the cops can be like, ma'am, have you been drinking? And I'm like, like, no, dude. I'm ripping these nipple faces off. You do not know. You do not know the feeling. You have no idea. They weren't that bad, though, and I would recommend them on Amazon uh, because they worked. They look great, and I didn't have to wear a bra all night, which was. So does it just, is it just in case your nip-nip wants to say hello? No, no, no. It sticks on the nip, the nip part, and then you stretch it up. And oh, just tape, to, the I top see, part of the tape to, up yes, higher on your shoulder. That's how Kim Kardashian. Exactly. She tapes her boobs Everyone's too. like Kim Kardashian's boobs are great. Her boobs are trash. She tapes them up, and now I know the secret. She does. She uses like uh, what's that silver okay. tape? I'm pretty sure that she, she uses uh, medical tape because I watched a video like from. I'm her. allergic to that. Oh no way! Well, yeah, I don't... discovered that when I was pregnant because you tape your tummy up Ooh. to um, help with the positioning of the baby Ooh. and to relieve back pain. And I broke out in a huge rash from it. But it's oh, really God. common. Well, don't put it on your chest. Yeah. Uh, but I tried to do that, and it came out all lumpy. I don't have a makeup artist to tape me up. So I bought these things off Amazon. Mm. Well, sounds like it worked out well for you. <sighs> well, MIT conf- has confirmed that there is no way to expunge someone from their records. So... I don't you, know. You can't go in like Ferris Bueller where it's like absences. <laughs> beep, yeah. beep, beep, beep. Also, there's definitely a way to expunge someone from your records. Yeah. It's, but... You'd go hit delete in a computer. The MIT is MIT, probably... you're supposed to be all about computers. You're telling me you can't figure out how to delete someone from your system? They're run by the Bilderbergs. <laughs> Bilderbergers. <laughs> Bilderbergers. Well, these days, Lazar owns and operates United Nuclear Scientific Equipment and Supplies which sells a variety of materials, including radiation sensors, radioactive ores, and other scientific equipment, such as aerogel and a variety of lab chemicals. Okay. (laughs) In 2006, Lazar and his wife were charged with violating the Federal Hazardous Substances Act for shipping restricted chemicals across state lines and pled guilty to three criminal counts of introducing banned hazardous substances into interstate commerce and aiding and abetting the introduction into interstate commerce. Uh, the best way to transport uh, nuclear chemicals is mm. just in a parking lot, in a van, like Doc Brown style. Yes, 100%. <laughs> you cannot be shipping because you have, well, and also now it's a, you're lying and it's, I guess you would be perjury, but you lie on the post office form if it's like, is there any batteries or radioactive oh, yeah. chemicals or anything like that? That's true. And which, it, uh, anytime you put it, we learned this from, uh, uh, what's that movie with uh, Tom Cruise? Mission Impossible. No. Jerry Maguire. No. Uh, risky Business. Cocktail. The, the Firm. There okay. I was just about to say, where's in the law firm? There it was. Nailed it. The Firm. Where if you put a stamp on anything and it becomes federal property, it automatically becomes a felony. If you're lying. Yeah, Remember you're when they're lying about their billing yeah, yeah, and yeah. they're sending the billing? You're transmitting it through. So that's a <laughs> legal point. It, the only way that the federal government can... Uh, 
regulate what goes on is through the if it's in interstate commerce. So mm. basically, they're restricted to only prosecute crimes that have to do involve interstate commerce, which was like the internet was really magical for them because like, say you're doing, you're like taking inappropriate pictures of minors in Texas and like handing them out at a gas station. That's like a state crime. But if you put them on the internet, Mm. the internet. So the question becomes then whenever you're studying whether or not something is in interstate commerce for purposes of letting there be a federal law that's like bans it or regulates it is how much what you're doing touches interstate commerce. So if you're sending inappropriate pictures over the internet, that's using the internet. That's so if AT&T. you're posting it on like YouTube or something or Craigslist exactly. or something where millions of people around the country see it. Anybody can see it. And then, so you're, the question is, yeah, are you in interstate commerce? Arguably, yes. And there's like a famous case. People are like, the government should ban this and this kind of guns. Well, the question is like how, depending on what the regulation is, how much travels it within the states and does it have to do with oh, interstate commerce? does it become a state And law like they or, had, there was like yeah. a federal law that banned like handguns within so many, um, feet of a school yeah and that sounds great and guns are in interstate commerce but like the play between like individual schools and the guns the court held you know it's like two the supreme court said it's like too tenuous to Mm -hmm. to say that that's truly interstate commerce so that's how the commerce clause is how the uh not to be confused with santa claus that is correct (laughs) the commerce clause is all year round and santa's only once a year but yeah the commerce clause is how the government regulates commerce uh regulates behavior and activities because it touches it goes between states Mm, interesting man all that information i could i just it just gets me all jazzed up to talk about that yeah i could talk about that forever well you know what else is pretty jazzy what's that since 1987 Lazar has also run Desert Blast, an annual festival for pyrotechnic enthusiasts in Nevada, which features homemade explosive, rockets, jet-powered vehicles, and more. That could never go wrong. So I wanted to point all that out to say he's a bit of a nut. Uh... And perhaps... What he said about Area 51 is not true, Listen, but dear, perhaps it was. Here, dear listeners, I went on a scavenger hunt online to see what the conspiracy community thought of Bob Lazar, and there are basically three schools of thought. He knows exactly what he's talking about, he's an expert, and he's the reason why we heard about Area 51. Number two, that he is a fraud. <laughs> And what's number three? Number three. He's not Bill Cooper. (laughs) That's right. Number two is he's a fraud. And number three is he's a disinformation agent from the government. And he's sent out by the government to create these false narratives and confusing things so that people think that, oh, that's a crazy guy. And Area 51 can't be real. Look, he didn't even go to MIT. He's lying. The people that believe that are like. They are the Mac Daddy of conspiracy. That's like theories. it goes so deep, and Bill Cooper has stuff like that too, where he's like, "It's a disinformation campaign." So, what's your everyday life like if you are that engrossed in conspiracy theories? Like, I don't even think you could function as a normal person because you're no. just so such a paranoid individual. A friend of mine dated this guy who was like way into conspiracy theories. He thought that the Denver airport was built by the Illuminati yes, I've heard to be that a death theory. camp. And that the baggage claim um, conveyor belts were meant to, like, be gas chambers and that the... To who? Uh, 
one third of the population or something because there's these like stones in Georgia that but say it just to you people will get it's Thanos style. There. I think it's Thanos style and they just pick half. Don't ever connect through Denver, I guess. Uh, I think I have. Well, I made it out. There you go. You are the chosen one. He believes like all the Alex Jones conspiracies oh, and he Lord. just believes like the Illuminati, like a bunch of Illuminati stuff. And it really like you can't argue. And so like she called me once. And you we can't were, argue with a crazy person. No. And she called me once and we were talking and I said, uh, here's like 53 reasons why that's wrong. And she like countered and was like, well, my friend Heather said this and this. And he's like, she has a degree. She's been indoctrinated oh, by the God. man. And I was like, I skipped like not very many classes in college because I was a nerd do-gooder and I wanted to get good grades. But I really think if I would have skipped an uh, indoctrination class, it would have like been on the syllabus. Yeah. But yeah. it was not. So she's like, he said, she's been indoctrinated. She can't know the real wow. truth. So with that, when, if they like went out to like a restaurant, was like everything a conspiracy? Yeah, like if he the waitress did, like, forgot to bring him lemon with his water, was she like she's in the Illuminati? In the, they know him. No, I mean I think he. he Can you just, have normal moments when you're that crazy? He, I think they like didn't even go to restaurants. He also <laughs> did a lot of prescription drugs well, that there, were not there meant we for him. It. There we have it. <laughs> not meant for him. Well, some other crazy claims of what might go on at Area 51: time travel experiments, yeah. which I are very fun. That makes sense. If you could time travel, would you? Yeah, definitely. What if it changed the nature of Butterfly reality? Effect? Mm, what if you're like, I could time travel to be cool. I could see a Shakespearean play, and you get back, and like Ella is like a son. Yeah, who's like older, effect. and yeah. you're like, uh. well, I mean, if you put it in that perspective, then no, I wouldn't because I wouldn't want anything in my life to change because that one tiny thing changing would probably lead to a bunch of things changing. Well, how beautiful that you love your life and you wouldn't want to leave it by time traveling. Honestly, when you mentioned Ella, I was like, I can't, nothing, nothing can change with her. She's perfect. (laughs) It's true. She's perfect. She is the standard picture. Oh my gosh. She is the cutest. Also, an invisible runway that only appears when water is sprayed on it. Oh my gosh. That's like me in a white (laughs) t-shirt. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I don't really know why this would be necessary, except you don't want the runway to show up on, like, Google Maps. Or what if any- it rains? I think it's underground. Oh, okay. That makes sense. But, again, I don't really know why this is necessary. It seems like overkill. Yeah, It seems like bit. you just want to show this off to your friends, like you got a bowling alley in your basement. It doesn't really make <laughs> sense, but it's cool. I was looking at apartments before I decided to get a house, and there was one with a bowling alley. It was just, like, unnecessary. <laughs> Yeah. Can you Will imagine you the kind of people that? that hang out at the apartment complex no. bowling it's, alley? No, uh, thank you. I'll tell you right now, they've all got Bibles. What? <laughs> I was just thinking like a washed up, like older. Oh, dude I was thinking like, like that's where everyone has their their Bible meeting. Oh, like church camp. Yeah, you do yeah. go bowling. Yeah, or, or like and a, just like you're not going to go out to a bar. You're going to stay at your apartment and like bowl. Go bowl like a nine year old yeah. girl's birthday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So what do we think? I think that there definitely was some sort of alien spacecraft. Do you think Roswell, what do you think Roswell was? I think Roswell was, I really think that it was some kind of alien technology. So you you don't think it was the government's Soviet Union no. balloon? No, no, no. I don't think it was like a, a, you got pranked. Situ- uh, they weren't trying to do a, a punked. On, <laughs> they weren't Ashton Kutcher. They weren't Ashton Kutcher. No, I think it was a 
some type of, and so I think it's hard. So I was asking uh, my improv troop mates on Sunday. I was just like, do you believe in aliens? Do you believe in aliens? And some people were like, well, I'm agnostic. You know, you can't know what's out there, which I think is fair. I think it's hard to say. I've never associated being agnostic and believing in aliens. Well, they were just saying they were alien agnostic. Like uh, to the concept of aliens, I don't, I couldn't tell you one way or the other. That makes more sense. Um, Versus some, like one person said that they and he and his wife had seen an alien. Who? He said I could say his name, Who? David. Allison? David Sonny. Said, what? He said, and he told I've me. I've never heard the story. Shout out I'm to seeing Sun- him tonight. I'm going to ask, or tomorrow night, I'm going to ask yeah, him. Yeah, shout that. out to Sonny if you um, uh, want to message us. I should have messaged you already, but he said they were driving and they saw a light in the sky, like moving erratically. And then after, like, not in the direction that, like, a plane would be flying, like a straight direction or like a shooting star, then it moved around erratically and then it shot off. Oh. And so stuff like that you can't explain. Um, it probably was Rick and Morty um, flying <laughs> off. Um, That'd be almost weirder that two animated characters are flying around that we could see in space. It would be like a uh, Cool World situation. Oh, yeah. Shout out to that movie from yes. the 90s with Paul Brad Abdul. Pitt. And, and Paula Abdul. That's right. That's right. Uh, I'm not – no, that's Jessica Rabbit. Um, also falls in the same category. That's true. That's true. And so I think you can't say like with certainty that there are no aliens. I think that in this case there was something, whether it was like uh, the whole EB situation oh, – Oh, sorry to bring it I up. You're so sad. Or whether it really genuinely was like maybe they didn't – they're not like shaped like humans. You know, I think it's hard to believe that an alien has like two arms, two legs, like a head, a face, a nose, whatever. And because like uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson always says the human body is like so poorly made. Like why would you put mm-hmm. a sewage plant next to a water park? Mm-hmm. Like it makes no sense. And so it doesn't – necessarily translate that all these beings are also look like humans. So that part may have been, you know, stuff like that where they've seen alien bodies may be like hoaxes. So in a situation like this too, where there's heavy amounts of secrecy from the government, then also, and then you're never going to get it under like freedom of information request because it the, their answer is always national security, yeah, national security, where it could be two countries warring with each other secretly and we don't know, or whether there really are bodies of a poor, sad little alien who just wanted his Reese pieces and just do you wanted think to go there home. are alien aliens in like deep freezers at Area 51? I think there's probably. Organic matter from other planets. Ooh, okay. Like I said, whether okay. it's like shaped like a body and was uh, no, like for all we know, an alien. I was talking to uh, stand-up comedian uh, extraordinaire and just wonderful person Julia Sakura yes. about aliens, and she was like, "How do you know? Like for animals, like you don't know if a platypus is an alien." We were sure. talking about that on the show, and like so, it could just be that like you know, whatever, a palm tree is an alien. And it looks like that, where it's like, it communi- they communicate with each other. We don't know that they're communicating, and it just looks like random organic matter. So if uh, some sort of a craft crashes, and it just has like a goo ball in it, mm-hmm. the goo ball could be totally sentient, but you don't know because it can't communicate with us. Yeah. Well, unless you've taken classes on how to communicate, and then you just keep them in a room for two years. Poor oh, Evie. Poor Evie. Rest in peace. <laughs> well, what do, you, what do you think? I... Of course. I kind of think it might have been like, I don't think the government probably revealed exactly what it was to us, but some kind of Soviet nuclear testing thing makes sense to me Yeah, that they would have tried to cover it up at the time and then later been a little more transparent about it just because the original explanation was so ridiculous. Yeah. Everyone was like, all right, let's be real about this. I I don't think I believe that 
alien bodies were found in the wreckage and, and yeah. all of that. I think, too, that they, they didn't start Area 51 as or that base as an alien facility. No. I think it was definitely started to test around that time to test stealth planes and bombers yeah. and spy planes because we were starting to get in the nuclear arms yes. race with uh, Khrushchev and Russia. And I think that's why in the 1950s and 60s there were a lot of UFO reports in that area because people were seeing futuristic type planes because they weren't they were they were black projects and then to them of course they're like that's from out of this world because they just it would look out of this world and even if you look at the pictures of those planes and then like the descriptions of the ufos people were describing like Mm -hmm. boomerang shaped black that's what they like like. sleek and smooth yeah that's what they look like i mean it makes sense to me yeah but i also i wouldn't be surprised if there is organic matter like you said Store there. One more deeper um, conspiracy, very briefly, was that the aliens left behind, they left behind some organic matter, like a piece of a transparent yellow cube that you could tell the future with. They gave it to President Eisenhower after the treaty meeting and that it was contingent on destroying all nuclear weapons in the in the world. And because he couldn't achieve disarmament, then the aliens came back and destroyed all nuclear weapons and then uh the government and like the illuminati has been working to like cover it up that there actually are no nuclear weapons but then that would put the the world the earth as at a really big disadvantage because nuclear weapons i would think even if you were from a different planet are harmful and so if the aliens are like you better blow that up or we're gonna come take it and they allegedly they came and took it but interesting there just goes very deep there's a lot of um forums that yeah. you can look on it there's just... a lot of a lot of forums a lot of forums lot out of there forums. on the internet well let us know what you think yeah you well, think. i loved and if you have seen an alien or been abducted or yeah that's even better if you think you've been abducted definitely hit us up reach out also i always love that kate mckinnon sketch on snl with ryan gosling where she's talking about the aliens were slapping on my boobs yeah and like they go i didn't think it was i don't think it was regulation because they kept checking around the corner yeah. like they were gonna that's, get a sketch. that's a great sketch that sketch is really really funny so if you have a story like that please call or please email us yeah uh we're not gonna give it our phone number so there's nothing to call speaking of very very funny people we got to give a shout out to Brad LaCour. Phenomenal stand-up. Yes. And also writer extraordinaire. Shout out to him for having a cover story for the Dallas Observer last week. And then he covered a little baby podcast called <laughs> Sinisterhood for the Observer this week. Yes. So thanks, Brad. And definitely check out his stand-up and check out the, um, which he did not ask us to do this. This is just me being a dork and being like, it's really funny. But um, yeah, check out his stand-up because I remember seeing him. Um, like, oh God, it would have been, I burned my leg on my brother-in-law's motorcycle oh, the God. same night. <laughs> so that would have been, Shannon and Aaron were together 2009. Oh, wow. So I saw him do stand up ago. a long time ago and he's been doing it ever since he's, and just gets better Almost and better. 10 years ago. Yeah. Damn. Also, Cheryl Andrea, the Dallas Psychic Fair. Heather went to the Dallas Psychic Fair with some friends yesterday. We're actually going to do another mini-sode about her experience uh, that will come out on Wednesday. I was not able to attend because we had family Christmas stuff, but you had a great time. I had a great time. And shout out to all the people that came out and meet us there. Kate, Chelsea, Hannah, Rhea, Leanne, and Gay all came out and we did the gallery reading together. And then we each got individual readings and some people saw Sylvia and Delphine and Mickey and Mavi. Mm, and, Mavi was great when I uh, saw I'll, her. I'll cover all that on the mini. So yeah. 
Julia Cotton. Oh, shout out to Julia Cotton. She's my storytelling teacher at She's DCH. She's fantastic. First of all, phenomenal storyteller, amazing teacher. And then she and I were in a conversation about OJ, um, just about like the morality of OJ. And then she like remembers because she's from Houston, and mm-hmm. she was like watching the Rockets game when they like broke in, oh. and so she remembers growing up with all that. And then at the end of our conversation, she was just like. Is redemption possible? And I was like, God damn. Yeah. She <laughs> is. She said it was so she's good. such like a calm force of nature. She's amazing. And it was just so interesting to talk about that, the idea of like growing up and like OJ was idealized and things like that. So mm-hmm. um, uh, anytime you see me and you're, you've been listening to the show and you want to talk about any topic, just I'm happy to talk Same. about it. Yeah. Definitely. Stop me in the hole. Yeah. Oh, and shout out to, uh, speaking of other folks around DCH, uh, Hannah Vaughn, who is one of my all-time favorite stand-ups, and Emily Ball, also a phenomenal stand-up, do a podcast called Baby Bangs. Yes, they do. Um, And they're out of the Dallas area as well. Also, we have got so many wonderful messages and comments on Instagram. Here's just a few that um, we've received this week that were so nice that we want to shout out. Um, All of these are on Instagram, at Cuddlebeans. At Ray Nelson, 00, at Jenna Dion, 6, at Sammy Martz, and at Sarah Donnell, which hers was so sweet, I cried. And it made my mom cry. And it oh, made me it cry. Did. Yeah. She said she listens with her daughter. So shout out to Sarah and your daughter. What's up, guys? And so that she like said that's listen. how they bond. Um, and she loved your relationship with your mom, Nancy. Well, and it's great. Yeah. Nancy is great. Nancy. Shout First out to Nancy all, for Nancy. Last week I came over at Heather's to record, and I had a custom Sinister Hood coffee mug that Nancy had had made for yep. me. Tonight I come over, and there are custom Sinister Hood beanies. We'll take, I'll take a picture and put it that on she story. stitched for us. It's she's so sweet and thoughtful. She's great. Also, huge shout out to there's so many people in this group that uh, it would be impossible to shout everybody out. But everyone in the Dallas Murderinos Facebook group has been extremely kind and supportive this week. Some just found out about us. Some had heard about us, but are happy that we've had this like boost in popularity. And everyone's been so kind and said so many nice things. Just encouraged their friends to listen to us and everything. So thank you so much to everyone. All right. The best thing you can do to help us grow is to like, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play, or wherever you listen. Tell a friend who you think would like us to check us out. And it means a lot to us, and it helps us grow. As you can see, the fruits of your effort are paying off. So thank you for that. Yes. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sinisterhood Pod and like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. Heather, where can you be found? Uh, you can find me at Heather versus the world, Heather vs. the world on Instagram or MCK vs. the world on Twitter. And my dear Christy, where are you at? I am on Twitter at Christy or GTFO and on Instagram at Christy M. Wallace. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. Sinisterhood.